All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to season two. We are so excited to have you here on the ATLE podcast. My name is Nicole Acusta. I am the ATLE Pro Chair. And whoo, I'm so excited to introduce you all to Janet Bell. Janet, can you introduce yourselves to the rest of the group? Well, hello, everybody. I'm Janet Bell. I'm um, Director of Professional Learning with ATLE, which really means I like to help everybody with their projects as much as I can. And I am just really pumped to be here today and to be able to introduce you to our special guest, Angela Deering from the Taskwood Regional School Division. So welcome, Angela. We're so happy you can join us today to talk about educational leadership and women in ed tech. Oh, hello, now, ladies. Holy smokes, hey? This is uh, everyone. I want to let you know this is we're really excited this year. We're doing these recordings live. We'll have them out so you'll be able to see us live. And then you'll also be able to have the audio recording. So uh, I think we should start off, ladies. We are all in the ed tech or infotech environment in Alberta in the K 12 environment. Some of us have also ventured into post secondary. So what do you think any one of us here's here's the first question i want to just put put it out there for everybody what do you think or is there one thing you wish at this point in your career that you knew or would tell your newbie self to know about or to think about one thing one thing I there might be many but let's start with one <laughs> I always have so many things that I say I would go back and tell my young self that are, are related to my personal life. But uh, what would I tell um, a young first year teacher? Uh, you know, I think teacher could be female, could be someone in the tech environment, whatever you want. It. I'm, I'm going to go with 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 the teacher I connect. And, and I think looking back especially from the, the position that I'm in now, I wish someone would have told me to be a little bit more in touch um, with what was going on in the whole system and, you know, even the whole province connected to education. I think like a lot of teachers, um, it, it's really easy to get very caught up inside your classroom. Um, you put a very high standard for yourself and you're wanting to do such a good job of educating kids and it's really easy to... Um, uh, lose your sight beyond your classroom walls. Um, so, you know, consequently, I think I, I suffered sometimes a lot more personally um, when there would be change in my career because I was so uh, personally invested and stuck in that little bubble. And, you know, now many years later, being able to uh, have a bit more of a, a division-wide uh, perspective and really sort of understanding systemic thinking, uh, I think would have been really valuable to me in those first few years. And it would have allowed me to uh, focus on the important stuff and um, just stay aware of everything around me. Um, I think if I had learned that value of systemic thinking early on, it, it would have saved a lot of bumps along the way and, and would have made my journey just a little bit easier. Janet, what about you when you think back? Yeah, I just find what Angela said so interesting because you're right. It's that we're so focused those first few years on what's what's right there in front of us day by day by day. And yet to have a better sense of the big picture would help to contextualize it so much better. And and that's interesting. The, the one thought that I had had, which 
in a way ties into that, but I think you would have to do that first, is, is I was thinking I would tell my younger self to be more bold. And that so often I would, I would think things and I would like keep them inside or I would like check them off, I mean, I still do, but check them off against other people, but not just be bold and take that stand. And I'm better at that now than I used to be, but, but I probably kept my mouth shut when I could have opened it a bit more. What about uh, you, Nicole? I like, yeah. I like what you, you two ladies are talking about. I think, of course, in my decades, and it's interesting for me to say that decades in education, um, I've been bold with smaller groups. And at that time, when I first started out, there was no social media. There was no internet as per mm. se. Um, you know, we had one computer in each classroom, uh, dial-up. Um, and it was very interesting. Now, I think if we look at, and talk to anyone coming into education, for me, what I would tell them is go and collaborate, but don't just stick within your small group system. We have a beautiful worldwide web out there. There are great professional learning communities online. We'll definitely list our favorites in our meeting notes after, so make sure you check those out. But I definitely, if you're not on a social media, if you're not following specific groups that your interest level or your passions are for, you need to do that now. Go out and reach out. I'm an introvert. I know people might not realize that, but I take in my environment and I work really hard to pull in everything I see in here and take the great stuff and, and use them to my best ability. But when I'm at home, I need to decompress. <laughs> I don't know what you two are, but yeah, I know. Yeah, absolutely. I think I was going to say, brief tease it apart here on that level. Isn't yeah, that yeah, I wonder maybe. if that lends to the, itself, if there's maybe. how many of us in this role are that way. Um, when you said being more bold, Janet, that was one of my other thoughts right away was my, was to be more assertive. Um, if I could have just, if I could go back and just encourage myself to have a little bit more confidence and be more assertive too, I think that that would have been appreciated, especially at that time. So, yeah. And I wonder if it's part of the, like almost the diffusions of innovations thing, because those people who are on that top edge of that are breaking new ground all the time. And so if we're conditioned not to be assertive, then we break that new ground quietly. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Is that good? Is that? And I like the word assertive. Uh, I, yeah, I like that word better than bold, actually. Confidence yeah. that we can build by collaborating with like-minded people wherever they are in the world. Now it's very easy to do that. I think that might build our new teachers, our new ed tech leads or our info tech leads. And I'm really talking out to the women who are listening to this podcast right now. I know men, you love us. You love hearing what ATLE podcast is all about, but I think it's really important. It's been a very interesting journey for me as a female in the ed tech, info tech industry in education. Uh, it's been well known in my work that there's been some people who go, we don't want to talk to her. She doesn't know what she's talking about. 
Whereas there's other people who are saying, well, let's, let's see what she's got. We'll give her a chance. So I don't know if you two have ever found that as a female, you know, when you walk into a meeting room or into a group, what majority are male and what majority are female and which, you know, how have you felt? Have you felt or seen any differences over the last maybe five years? So we are probably unique um, on a small scale because here in Wetaskiwin, our tech department is half female. Um, so I've even coming in, um, that was one fortunate thing for me is that two of the ladies out of the four uh, techs were, were women, of course, too. So um, I think, though, on the bigger thing, that would be one of the things that as I came into this ed tech thing, I can remember going to my first, I think it was a Google technical meetup or something, and there was like two women in the room and just the sea of men. And I think, too, um, really, it was it was very much more infotech people. Uh, there wasn't a lot of educators there and, and breaking into... Um, into IT, they've been really gracious with us. Um, <laughs> but I think there were that, that compounded it as well was was female educator. Woo, I was the the alien in the room, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it when I, yeah, when I think back to like a long time ago, so in the 90s when I started getting involved in this kind of work, um, it was very much that if you were a female involved in this area, it meant you must be coming from a curriculum perspective, which I was, okay. uh, because it, all the guys were the infotech IT people. Um, and there was certainly a sense that, that if you were female and thus curriculum, then you probably didn't have a head for the boxes and wires and connections and things. But but some of us have been putting together stereo equipment and whatever else from the 70s. So we actually did. So, so it, it's an interesting landscape to navigate back then. And I think there's still some remnants of that that pop up from time to time now. Oh, there, you know, I, I just recently got teased and the teasing line was, there's those who are IT and those who want to be. And I oh, thought, nice. yes, that, that was very directed, but, but, you know, and it was definitely said in good fun and, and meant wholeheartedly. But <laughs> I thought, yes, we still do have that because, because the, you know, that technical issue at the time that we were discussing, um, it was one of those cases where um, I, I definitely understood. And there was some mansplaining going on. <laughs> that was stuff that I got. So <laughs> Tell us, Nicole, tell us about any experiences you might have had like that. You know, I, I think what I've, I've really learned, you know, from my, my movement, my journey through being a teacher and a, uh, an assistant principal at uh, various sites and then uh, really taking on through AC, by the way, in Alberta, we had these great right. AC grants. Mm -hmm. We'll, we'll definitely that. share some of the reports on that because there's still remnants of the success stories in Alberta mm -hmm. because of those grants. Uh, I found my niche in educational technology as well as the tolearn.ca society at the time was paying you for uh, through federal grants and provincial grants for different sites, for different collection of resources. 
And so that helped bring in actual resources into the K-9 school I was at at the time. And that got people excited because they got to mm -hmm. see what these resources were doing to really engage and hook students. And then, of course, management said, wow, this is kind of neat. And it's more inclusive of everyone. So now we started talking about inclusivity and then understanding there's the diversity in each of our classrooms. So what do we do to hook and engage our students? But then all of a sudden you have staff down the, the way, down the road or down the you know hallway that say, how come your kids are really excited about this topic? where my kids are never excited about that topic in the same grade level. What are you doing? So starting those really collaborative and communicative discussions about these resources, these tools that were then finally available to us. Um, you know what's so thrilling about that, Nicole, is that those projects were like 1998 to in the early 2000s. So that's 20 years ago now. And yet the conversations, people seeing what's going on in that room next door like that and seeing those kids so engaged and being connected, you know, like the video conferencing project in Parkland where you guys had had all those schools connect, like so many projects in Parkland and that those conversations inspired so many teachers who even today um, continue to, to do projects like that. And yet 20 years have passed and the technology has has evolved and people aren't using those old digital cameras to take pictures they're using their you know smartphones and um how how like what is it in the leadership that we can use today in order to help to to spread that vision angela i would love for you to share with the audience because janet just said that you know the leadership piece uh, your steam projects and the students that you brought to Convergence Conference almost right. a year and a half ago. Can you talk to us about what was the evolution in either that school or even, even in a bunch of schools to start something like that? Why was it created? How does that happen? I, yeah. Oh, I'm very excited to talk about this right now, actually, and, it, and it's incredibly timely. So, um, you know, we had been doing some professional learning and going to some conferences. And it it really was the ATLE Convergence Conference in Calgary um, a number of years ago that inspired us to sort of kick off this journey where I saw a bunch of kids from a school in Calgary talking about their amazing CTF courses that they were doing. <laughs> and this was at the time that I think CTF um, was even a, a brand new phrase and, and divisions and schools weren't very quickly jumping onto it. It just all seemed crazy and everybody was still sticking to the old CTS. And, but I, I saw just this visionary um, presentation from students and I was so, so inspired. So, um, you know, fast forward a little bit when I'm, I'm finally in a position where I get to make some of these kinds of decisions and do things. And, and we just, you know, we could get a gap in the tech courses, options courses uh, in junior high and high school. And when we reached out to our high school, our biggest high school here, um, and I mean, they're like a quarter of our population. Um, when I reached out to the robotics teacher there about the courses, his, his response was like, you know, the kids don't really enjoy it. And I thought, like, there has to be something wrong here. We, 
they should, they need to enjoy it. There has to be um, some excitement created. So, you know, we started talking about how we could build that. Um, predominantly, we started a lot of our work in ed tech and elementary. I think that's probably fairly standard across the board too, because um, the, the older teachers were already using tech um, to some degree and things. And, and, and maybe elementary teachers are just a little bit easier to bring along or, or however, we were working a lot in elementary. So uh, we decided we picked grade six because of that key piece that they would be going off to options the next year and made a plan. So I started going around every year. Uh, I would take a bunch of equipment and head out to all of our 13 elementary schools um, actually, I should, I guess we have 13 now, it was 16 initially. Um, and I would put on a three day steam count. So we'd, I'd come in and a project and build and we'd get into design thinking, um, lots and lots of, of encouraging and, uh, about perseverance and problem solving. And, and at the end of it, they would make Lego robots and some projects with micro bits and little bits and have a whole lot of fun. And then we'd, we'd cap the whole thing off. Um, by bringing all of the younger kids in the school through a big showcase in the gym. So invite the families and create sort of a big community event. And, you know, we knew at the time that we were going to inspire students. We were hoping to inspire teachers too, and that that they would want to, you know, continue to introduce coding or, or keep it going in their classroom in some way. And, and I would always, of course, leave behind those free online tools and things that they could go to after. Um, but it, it, it did so much more than that. Like, the parents at those showcases, I would have a lineup of parents standing to talk to me. And the first question they always had was, where can I order one of those whatevers? Because their kid came home and was so excited about this thing. And, and you know, the parents were blown away with what the kids were able to create in just that time. Um, and there was lots of talking about what happened when things didn't work. And we had kids show projects that were broken and didn't work. And then they would just talk about their process and how that was okay. You know, the Wright brothers first plane crashed or whatever. So uh, we did that for three years. And then the, on that third year, that's when I uh, sent a, it was an application form actually out. It went out to all of our grade sixes across the division and those who chose to apply to come to conference applied. And we had some great submissions and it was sort of a chance to do steam cans, uh, steam camp again loaded them all on a bus and, and brought them down to Red Deer. And they were there for two uh, or there for the whole day sharing their learning. And they, they built all their robots and projects and hauled them up on the stage in front of the whole audience and stuff. So um, frankly, you might, you'll even hear me getting a little bit choked up because it was, it was a really powerful experience. And, and since that time, you know, I had parents reach out to me, I'm just this sort of random teacher who works at the school division level. They don't really know who I am here. I asked to take their child to Red Deer. We're picking them up at six in the morning and they won't be home till dark. <laughs> and, yeah. and oh, by the way, I won't be riding on the bus with them because I'll be at the conference. Somebody else is coming down. But uh, I got so much feedback from parents too about just that whole experience for the kids. And so it was just really cool to take them and make let them be junior engineers. And so what has happened now is we've built to the point where we're into stage two. So in the fall, um, I'll be working with all of our grade seven and eight junior or juniors, grade seven and eight teachers on robotics and other coding and electro technologies and things at their sites. So 
in addition to what we've been doing with the grade sixes now, we're going to bring bring up and start building really robust programs at that level too. So we're really excited about that. And, and that's definitely something I'm very personally proud of and professionally proud of. So we should bring some of those students on the ATLE podcast, maybe for season three. Yeah. Oh, that would be fun. Yes. Interesting to get their and voice and hear oh. the voice yeah. and not just of your students but maybe if we can grab some students from a few of our alberta schools that have sort of followed that ctf um yeah. because we know there are several school divisions and schools who have taken advantage like you have angela into it and janet i want to hear a little bit about your uh sort of journey because you also had sort of a maker spaces kit and then I want to tell our listeners about the ATA library and a few of my favorite books. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. Okay. Janet. Well, um, I can talk a little bit about that. What I'd like to talk about first is as I was listening to Angela talk about that experience in, in my mind, I was kind of wondering from, from the, the perspective of female leadership, what was happening kind of on that meta level of that and and I think it probably applies to the work that we all do and so so what I what I heard her saying is is it's very much um it's it's like when you get a bunch of women together in the kitchen and we all just dig in and get the job done there was it sounds like it was a bit like that but it was like we need to be the change we want to see in the world we're going to do this robotic stuff and we're going to just just embrace it and do the best that we can and make mistakes and learn from it and take it further and celebrate and what next and it's that that sort of energy of people working together and inspiring others and making it happen and that's what you were doing with those people and i think that's something that maybe we women are really good at doing because we're the ones that you know have to tell our kids to get their backpacks ready first thing in the morning so they can get out the door on time so we're used to inspiring one way or another i don't know um, but yeah, that's, it's, it's that's very, interesting that's qualities. Yeah, that's yeah. very, you, gotta, you know, you make me reflect a little bit on, on what it was like coming into um, a male versus a teacher's classroom and the way that that whole thing went down. Uh, teachers have, some teachers have a very hard time letting kids fail too. So it was, it was definitely learning for all. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And you sort of keep a smile on your face through the whole thing and on we go and yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Makerspaces. Uh, and I love makerspaces. And the makerspaces piece is, is huge. That's sometimes the buy-in. And Janet, you're doing a lot of that. Well, the makerspace thing, and, and Nicole and I, our journeys have really sort of evolved along together, kind of sort of like, yeah, with the makerspace. So in Edmonton Public, we, um, as, as makerspaces started getting traction with reading through ISTE and, and elsewhere and I, there was all of this work going on in Parkland as well that Nicole was doing. We um, we put together some makerspace kits. Actually my colleague um, Lisa Davies was the one who came to our team and, and suggested we put these kits together. She'd read about these happening in Ontario and so we put together a number of kits like Dash and Dots and I can't remember we had a whole but 20 different items to start with and then it expanded over the next two years and uh, led them out to schools for two weeks at a time 
and created a support site with, um, with videos, um, teacher shared resources, um, an embedded Google presentation that, that, that was updated with feedback from teachers so they could, we could celebrate again, that celebration of exactly what was happening in different classes, you know, with the makey makeys or the dash and dots or Ozabots, whatever. And um, by sharing, I think the key to success there was that by teachers sharing those those quick little snippet stories of what they were doing with with the kits that was developing that capacity it was like the leadership from within the whole community of t of 200 plus schools in Edmonton public they're hearing each other's stories and it's it's like Nicole talked about before this is the 21st century equivalent of 1999 yeah. when it's the teacher down the hallway now it's the teacher across the division or across the province who's inspiring the other one. Oh, I can do that. Uh, so I'm gonna hand that over to Nicole because she can talk about how that's evolved in Parkland and provincially. Yeah, I, I really was excited. Uh, I had been to ISTE and TCEA. So ISTE is the International Society of Technology for in Education and TCEA is our Texas uh, educators group. And in both places, there was this upsurgence six, seven years ago of makerspaces, mm -hmm. of STEAM or STEM. And uh, for me, it was exciting to see how can we engage and, and those little robots um, mm -hmm. were easy to bring into the classroom. And so we did the same thing as Janet's group, we had a mobile learning initiative that was started originally by George Kuros with an iPad cart. And so a lot of creation opportunities. And then I came and took over that and added the maker spaces, uh, the CTF and CTS portions, the STEAM, the STEM. And so we now have a loaner library to go out to our school sites. But the main reason was try it before you actually yes. go ahead and ask yes. for grants or buy it at your school level. Because as yes. we all know, we need to see how it works in our classroom before we say, okay, I'd really like to spend some money because we know some of those tools do cost money or they cost time, meaning I need to develop some resources or get mm -hmm. some resources, lessons, et cetera. And that went off like wildfire and continues. Now, uh, what, what I'm involved in is artificial intelligence. And mm. what does that look like? And where does that fit in the K-12? And so I'm part of an international group. So that's where I'm thinking. Uh, I was just recently told with sort of our reorganization in our school division that my focus will be uh, STEAM next year, really okay. focused on the science math piece. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Yes. The other yes. thing that I'm really proud of that ATLE is part of is, as you all know, provincially, we had these beautiful ed camps. Once a year, different school divisions or regions would have these ed camps on a Saturday where it's a free unconference that all educators, IT personnel, anyone who was involved in education could come and you would put up different topics and then we create a schedule and it would be just time to discuss and share. Well, at one of ours, Parklands, it's in uh, August or September, Doug Dietz, our executive director of ATLE and I were sitting. We were sitting listening to all the STEAM discussions. 
he, he turns to me and he says, Nicole, ATLE ProLearn has some money and we'd like to purchase some kits like we hear some of the other school divisions are doing. But we know provincially we don't have a system to actually send them out so teachers can try them like you do in your school division. And I said, aha, but we do have an Alberta Teachers Association library that doesn't have a budget yet for makerspaces or STEAM. How about we do two things? ATLE ProLearn buys the first year of robotics. We have a list of some really cool things. And the ATA library is the one that delivers the system and sort of promotes and says, hey, on behalf of ATLE ProLearn, here, try these out. We'd love for you to try it. So, um, and I'll, sh I'll put in the article of the ATA library doing that in conjunction with ATLE ProLearn. And it was a hit. We had oh, some robotics. Just so good. Yes. Oh, for, Nicole, that's awesome. For eight months straight because people could try yeah. them for one month. Yes. And so second year, ATL Lee Pro Learn says, we have a little bit of money. Would you like some money? And uh, ATA Library said, yes, we'd love some. And because of the success, we now have a little bit of a budget line we're allowed to spend. And so we were excited about that. And then another organization, um, the Ed Tech Council, Specialist Council, put in money the third year. And so we have seen such a growth and listeners, we will put that information in there. There are study guides, there are print based, there are the robotics pieces. They're constantly adding uh, more things there. So if you are a teacher, you get to have access to all those particular pieces, the books, the resources for free. You just have to sign it out. It comes directly to your school. And then there's the shipping box and the label and you send it right back. Yeah, it's a fantastic project. It's just super. And the resources um, are, they've got so many resources and like books and, you know, other print resources to support you in that journey. I know when I visited there, not knowing initially that it all come through this arm, um, it was just so impressive to read and browse. And that's what I think I appreciate being part of ATLE and, um, let me put down so everyone knows where to go. ATLE.ca is the website is they really listen to not only their valued members, but they really are looking at the trends. What are the trends coming up? How do we as a group support all that, especially in the K-12 environment? And so I'm quite proud to be part of that group. It's uh, I really appreciate that. Um, but I mean, I've talked about the resources that I've sort of liked. And I must say the one Bible, the one book that I think everybody should buy or get out of the ATA library or public library is the Invent to Learn. They talk about what Angela was just talking about, the design cycle and perseverance. Mm -hmm. um, Gary and Sylvia do such a good job of that. Um, they have visited Alberta and have done workshops uh, for Alberta teachers and ed tech people and IT people in Calgary and Edmonton. But that's Invent to Learn is, uh, and they have a second edition, is one of the Bibles, I think, for STEAM that I would encourage people. But I would love to hear you two. 
what are some resources, whether it's print-based or online, that you think people should check out if they're thinking about makerspaces or Steam or even ed tech or even uh, for you in a leadership position? I definitely, you already uh, referenced ISTE and, and TCEA, but uh, I would highly recommend both. In particular, TCEA, I find lots of, um, um, they have lots of good PD opportunities. They, if you missed your chance, they they were just giving away free membership to all mm -hmm. teachers. So um, I'm sorry if you missed that, but watch for it if they do it again. But they do have things for uh, non-members too. And and even if it's just to go in and get some ideas for professional reading, I know I look at the ISTE book lists a lot um, if I'm trying to find something that I want to check out. And they, they're everything that I've ever uh, read that I saw there turned out to be a really good read and, and very valuable. So what about you, Janet? Well, you know, the ISTE, the ISTE stuff is amazing. And it's it's just, we're so fortunate that there's an organization like that, that kind of like plants and sort of connects all of the groups together and that we can kind of satellite ourselves out from them. Um, I think the one thing is not so much a book, although I love their books and I actually have the ethics and digital citizenship one by Kristen Matson sitting on my doorstep for me to um, read when I get home in the next couple of days. Um, but it's, it's the work that they've done with the ISTE standards. And so to be able to go to, to the ISTE standards and see what the standards are, you know, the student standards and to see, you know, the, they're very much like the IB, um, competencies that are identified for students and to use those as a bit of a again it's kind of a grounding for for as we're working on things it's like well are are our students ethical are they good digital citizens are they collaborating like to be able to look at those different pieces is really informative and then the other kinds of pieces that i think are a little bit of a like a litmus test for me when when making decisions is is um, TPAC is something that I, I sometimes joke about it. It's like my technology religion. And so the idea of, of technology and pedagogy and content knowledge and to always look at things through that lens of content first and then pedagogy second and technology third, it's so helpful, not just within the classroom for classroom decisions, but when working with other teachers and trying to find an in with them in order to give them support to be able to use that with them is very helpful. I've talked about it before, like a compass. Um, so that's one. And then SAMR is the other, when people talk about TPAC often they talk about SAMR as well. So that whole sort of lens of visit substitution, augmentation, um, modification or redefinition, and to be able to think, okay, there is a place for each of those for different types of teachers along the scale and where would be the best fit for this person at this time for this reason. And so those are those are things that I think are informing me all the time in conversations and things. What about unicorn? I love I love that we have so much research uh, from international sources that mm -hmm. in 2013 um, the learning and technology policy framework was created. Uh, after many years, about a year and a half, almost two years of talking to different stakeholders throughout the province saying, you know, we've seen the ISTE nets at the time, they were switching over right. to ISTE standards and those were quite successful. 
but what do we need for Alberta to move forward? And I think those five policy directions, as well as SAMR, TPAC, and ISTE standards, I think are really important for people in the ed tech, infotech industry to really understand what does it mean? What's the foundation? We're not just doing this because we have a passion for yeah. robots or a passion right. for engineering, right? We're, we're doing this. There's, there's a reason. There's a purpose. We have our yeah. student competencies in Alberta, but really those are competencies around the world. You know, when we release our, our students out into the world of work, which sometimes is at already 16, is what kind of things do we want them to be able to do? Do we want them to be good communicators? Angela, you talked about perseverance and it's okay to fail or resiliency. So I think, yes, these things are fun and they're exciting and we can connect them with the current curriculum, which is fabulous, but really, we want them to be amazing citizens that can make a difference not only to themselves but to their communities. Absolutely. Just thinking of connecting that back to what Angela was saying at the start about about when she was teaching and wishing she could tell her former self um, about kind of looking at things at those more systemic levels, and and what you're saying right now, Nicole, about the um, about the uh, learning and technology policy framework and that focus on you know student-centered learning in a technology-rich environment. And, and as I'm thinking about that as a thread that's running across education here in Alberta, and given our conversation before about how um, you know the classroom down the hall today could be down the hall anywhere, and and I'm thinking at a systemic level when you think of this pandemic and the impact that it has had on education around the entire globe. And yet around the entire globe, we have all of these millions and millions of students who are learning from home or from wherever they can. Um, the value of some of these pieces that we're talking about and the potential to be able to support each other wherever we are is kind of mind boggling. What are your thoughts on that? It is. I just something you said, you know, about the teacher down the hall. Um, and I think that's that was one of the things um, with the steam camps. And we we too did some loanable equipment like you guys. And I love that idea of test driving it before you buy it. And now we're working on a list for these are would be great things. If your parent councils are wanting to buy something for your school, here's a list of awesome steam stuff they can buy. Um, but about the teacher down the hall, I think. You know, that's the thing and with the with the robotics thing and wanting to to push this this steam thinking forward and learning it was you know i knew that there was those teachers out there that were like me and would get excited about it and i just wanted like i don't just want the grade six teachers who or sorry grade six students who have a teacher who's excited about this stuff to know it i want everybody to get someone who's as excited about it and i want to get their teacher as excited about it as you know mr smith next door because like they really should be and then i think to nicole what you said about the real life lessons um like that's huge the teamwork and the um i mean even just having a complete stranger come in and upset your whole three days and and whatever like they just learn so many of those other life skills and problem solving and and things so uh, i think uh, definitely leading change is is been a big big piece of what we do 
and um, and then it's inspiring them to continue to lead change. One of the things I that I say to them, I give them this big long list of what you could make if you know how to code or or build electronics. But the very last point is is a huge point, and it says something we've never heard of because you haven't invented it yet. And I think if you can just get kids and teachers inspired, uh, that's, I think you've really been successful in, in our work. And I appreciate that, uh, ladies, that we're able to talk about, you know, the influences. We have influences of resources changing. The technology has changed. We now mm -hmm. see more resources, a little bit less expensive, like Chromebooks. And now I can code on a Chromebook or can can use a Microsoft Minecraft. product like Minecraft on a Chromebook. I mean, <laughs> the accessibility is huge, I think, and we need to continue to strive with that. Uh, and also think about those ethical pieces, Janet, that you brought up. Not only do we want everyone to have the access, but we have to think about, you know, when we're using this and I'm creating something, am I creating something that will do good? Yeah. or could potentially be used to do something not so good. So how do we explain that? What does that look like? Um, how can we bring relevancy to those little tiny robots like Ozobots to mm -hmm. children who are really young, to children who are really older that would see them in, let's say, a huge Amazon warehouse doing the exact same thing. So what does that mean? And what does that mean for jobs? You know, how do we retrain students? How, how what does that look like? Um, what are some of the influences, you know, around us now that are moving us forward in the work we're doing? So uh, for me, I still have lots of questions. I don't know what about you two, where you're, where you're at in that process. Yeah, I'd say I still have lots of questions too. Um, it just seems things are changing so fast. We move it. At a, at a whirlwind and, and what we were hoping for things would be like that's already behind us and we're in this new space that, that we couldn't even envision. Um, mm -hmm. So I think the future is exciting and bright, uh, especially in ed tech. I know you mentioned about the job chaining and, and that's a piece, you know, too, that I find educating and students and, and that was one that came up a lot with parents too, um, is that embracing technology and will robots take my job they might but that's okay because you can learn how to program that robot or there'll be some other better less boring job for you to do right so i think that yeah. kind of there's a, a societal piece where we've learned to fear the machine and and that um, I don't know if it maybe comes with a certain age or whatever, but it just at whatever point, nope, I'm going to plow my field with the horse. I don't want that smelly, noisy thing out here, right? So I think that uh, is another big piece of what we do is, is it's almost like being a cheerleader for, for change and technology and, 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 and kind of battling back some of the myths and things that, that people like to, yeah. to catch on to with that. And I wonder if, um, again, like the female perspective, if that's something that as women, we can be particularly good at because we are cheerleaders and we are problem solvers and we are people who like minimize crisis because you know, as an ed tech lead, how often we work 
in schools with people and everything is a crisis. And so we're, we're sort of like the calming, right? Yeah. So I, I wonder, <laughs> I that, wonder about that. That is a, a, a great point. I, I wonder, can we, for those who are listening or watching this podcast, what would be a call to action that we could give our listeners uh, for this? What should they be thinking about as they leave what they've heard between the three of us talking just in sort of our experiences as being female in an ed tech, infotech environment, uh, in an educational environment. Is there is there a question that, or questions that we could leave them with? Or is there an action, like something for them to do? This is a deep thought, Janet. This is, yeah, this is going to, well, you need to take a little time to think. Pondering this one. This one okay, you, for, two, you two ponder, I'll keep talking. You two you ponder, then you guys <laughs> To come in. For me, a call to action would be for our listeners to look at their environment. And if they're female, because this is what today's podcast is about, you know, how are we doing as a female in an ed tech, infotech environment? For me, is do I feel comfortable where I'm at or is there something that I would love to reach out and I haven't done it yet and so for me my call to action to listeners would be write that down and within 30 days do it is it I've got to go talk to someone that I've really wanted to talk to I've got to read that book that I've had on uh, my list that I really want to do or I would like to apply or a grant or or even post-secondary or some other training or a conference or how about this you're doing some good stuff in your classroom or at your school and you haven't talked about it could you do a podcast just like we're doing a video or could you present somewhere so that's my call to action is there something you could do to share your story or to learn from someone or to get further into your passion. I think those are fantastic. All of that That's is fantastic. really fantastic. You, you yeah. set the bar high, Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can be your cheerleaders through this. We can be cheerleaders. Yeah, I you know what I would I would say that too. Um, yeah. just and it comes back to what what Janet said she would tell herself and and, and would have been my second choice is. Um, if there's something you've been holding off on, just um, go ahead and take the leap. Uh, it, it'll be worth it, even if you fall and scrape yourself along the way. The lessons learned are, are definitely worth it from someone who uh, maybe could have taken the leap earlier and even wishes sometimes that I had because I, could, I, I just dream of where I would be today instead. Um, I would definitely say that too. And then... Um, some of those, the things, if, if you're a little bit less familiar in our, our the, you know, those parts of our work and, and, and I think I would just remind yourself how amazing technology can be. So maybe if you are feeling, um, you know, everything's online and, and we're all just sort of at the end of this, this pandemic thing, um, 
try to find something technology wise that allows you to connect really well with others. You know, something like this, getting together with some some colleagues like minded and, and doing a recording or just even having a, a casual visit that you're not recording. Um, but find some way that technology can be really positive and and maybe life changing or, or do just just be a really positive thing to take that focus that way. Yeah. And I think this is really kind of bridging on some of the things you guys have talked about earlier too, is, is in terms of taking that step that Nicole is talking about and, and Angela as well, is I know in my experience, it's been partly because like I will literally, it's almost like a physical, I'll feel something, I feel something in my tummy and it's mm -hmm. like, the wind is changing, I have to make a move. And I don't know what it is, it's just it's this feeling and it's almost like in my gut, like it really is a gut feeling. And it's like, no, I need to do something, I need to do it now, I don't really know where it's going, but it's okay and take that step. And so that's that's been huge. Um, and I had something else to say has gone completely out of my mind. Angela, yeah, I think I think you wanted to add something because you were shaking your head. You were like right on this. Oh, she's the, 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 the like, like it's, yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's I think um, I think I'm feeling the same thing though with my thoughts leaving my mind. But um. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I think we have to give ourselves grace whether we were went through a pandemic or not. I think get excited about certain things, talk about them, reach out uh, to people, reach out to us. Certainly um, you can't see our at signs, but we will add them in. Angela, Janet, and myself are all on social media. So we will add our social media links there. Feel, 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 free to reach out we're we're there we've been through it we're still going through it we're still learning and so be part of uh, a female ed tech organization there's also a great canadian ed tech organization some women in leadership positions as well i'll add that information in there this is a jam-packed resource uh, area that we will certainly list below. Take your time, give yourself, like I said, the grace and the time to really go through it. But don't forget my call to action, yes. 30 days. One thing, it doesn't have to be anything grandiose. I mean, Angela, you didn't decide to have a whole bunch of ed camps going all at once. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been insane. We were smart enough to only do one our first year as a pilot test run. So pilot something. Give it, give it a try. Absolutely. So any last thoughts, ladies, to talk about, you know, your career, to talk about females in ed tech, to even just talk about technology before we leave everyone with the amazing things that we've talked about as well as the resources. I, I've got one. Um, and so I, I feel like I'm, I'm a baby as far as you ladies in this uh, educational technology industry. And Nicole, I have to tell you this, um, you have been an inspiration to me uh, for many years. And 
so with there was some questions ahead of this and when i saw that one i i got i got i stopped for a second because i had to really think about it but you know just being a pioneer of of this in our province like you know i was a classroom teacher who got called to sit on a division committee volunteer it was like a treat right i got a sub day got to go they fed us um but it was a hardware software and i can remember that group it was a bunch of teachers and principals and they kept saying we need a teacher in technology we need teachers in the tech department like the kids are using technology and you know at that time it was like this sort of a pipe dream, I think, that we would all just sit there and think about, oh man, with that. And, and I know for sure me personally, I was thinking, oh, I want to be that person. And then I went to a conference and I saw like the physical iteration of that dream because, you know, other divisions and, and certainly there are other leaders. Janet, you too, when, when, when your email came through to me about conference, Katie, I was certainly aware of who you were. Oh, she's on the tips oh. team. And so... <laughs> I just wanted to let both of you ladies know that I feel pretty honored to be sitting here alongside you as a colleague because I was cheering you on um, from the stands for a long time. And, and really specifically, Nicole, I, I, we worked, I got called in to work on a CAS project and we spent a day together in a tiny room in Edmonton with Val Olekshi looking at some things for superintendents. And I was just such a small presence I felt in that room. People had all this leadership experience and they had just like, you know, tugged me out of the classroom to, to do ed tech. And, and you inspired me so much. Like you really made me feel encouraged to be assertive and to sort of drive and, and push um, for this, this where I've ended up. So I, I really did want to take this time to let you know that and you too, Janet, like I say, I mean, it was a little bit further along when I became aware of you and the team at, at EPSB too, but um, you ladies and others in the province really inspired me and encouraged me a little lone wolf here in Wetaskiwin Regional. Um, I've really looked, looked to you for, for advice and I've been all over your websites and resources over the years. So that's that's what I wanted to add. So. Yeah, well, thanks, Janet. <laughs> Janet and I have been sort of on the same trajectory, and I, I thank you. Many years. It's, yeah. it's uh, amazing the number of people we meet now in real life, and soon we'll do that again uh, after our pandemic is done, and we'll be able to do some more face to face. But even in you know, I'm sure you ladies have had the conversations in the various video conference meetings with people that you haven't met yet met and now you see yep. what they look like and they go oh i know you know you know you have that connection yeah. i think that makes me feel good when it's another female because i'm always excited to hear that and angela i i, I really take it to heart that at least if i'm doing something right and someone gets excited about it and does their own thing yeah. That excites me even more because I would love to leave a legacy of people excited about learning, excited about teaching, and they happen to be using technology resources to help them. One thing that really excites me is when um, when you see if you're you're working on something and you're seeing it come to fruition, but then and this tie it's like when you see it popping up other places it's sort of like a good version of a wildfire where where it's spreading 
but then it starts popping up in all these like totally unrelated spots. And it's like, oh my goodness, there's all of this makerspace and robotic stuff happening in Rataskwin region. And oh, there's all this other stuff. And then it's like, okay, now how can we all link it together and, and create something with even more capacity? And here we are having that conversation and maybe we can do that. And so it's, that's, it's that leadership among many people being able to trust each other to pull it even further together is, that's fun. Yeah, I like that. It is fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, we wouldn't do it if it, if there wasn't some fun aspect of it. We know right. it's hard work and we know it's complex. Um, sometimes it's complicated, but mm -hmm. I, I, I truly appreciate the traje trajectory of women in the ed tech field or the infotech field that they are becoming even more assertive or I'm meeting ones that are already assertive that I've never met before. And so it's it's sort of like a, a really familial piece when when you yeah. go to a conference and you can meet with other women and they, whether or not they think the same, but you get to learn a little bit from each other and there's some give and take and there's some great laughter and there's some great sharing. And you know you have friends for life because that's how we communicate as women. We want everybody to do well. We want yeah. everybody to, uh, move forward, whatever that looks like. Yes, Absolutely. sisterhood. Yes, there you go. <laughs> yes. Well, ladies, I must say this has been an amazing talk. I know we will, it looks like we'll be doing a little bit more women in series on the ATLE podcast. Mm -hmm. I want to uh, thank you uh, for coming on to Angela, to really have a conversation about, wow, what's going on around you? Uh, what's going on in, in that your field of work? And Janet, I want to thank you again for uh, joining up to, for season two of the ATLE podcast. We're having some, we're having some fun. Yes, it's super good to work with both of you guys in all of our different contexts. I'm just so happy to be able to be part of the trio. Awesome. Uh, and everyone, we're going to... <laughs> We're going to end this pro broadcast, but this is not the end of the ATLE podcast season two. Watch for more. Listen for more. We'll be back.